0: Welcome to the Reformed Hope Podcast. In this podcast, we seek to apply God's law word to every area of life. In this episode, we look at current events through the lens of a biblical worldview and consider what the Bible has to say about what is going on around us. We conclude each episode with a brief devotional thought from Scripture. Jesus is King of all things, and all things are to be
1: subject to Him.
0: My name is Chris Hume. Today is April 5th in the year of our Lord, 2019. Today's episode focuses on a news article from a city in southeastern China which is offering to pay people money for turning in Christians to the state. The story comes from asianews.net and it relates how the Chinese government is paying up to 10,000 Chinese yuan or 1,500 U.S. dollars for tips on illegal religious meetings. Government officials in China are hoping these incentives will motivate neighbors, colleagues, and casual observers to spy on Christians and report their activity to the authorities. The article notes, clues are worth 3,000 yuan. Informing on foreigners can earn up to 5,000 yuan. Working with the police means up to 10,000 yuan. Teaching the catechism to one's children at one's home is now a dangerous proposition. End quote. Stories like these highlight the length to which civil magistrates will go to prevent the advance of Christ's kingdom on earth. And if you stop and think about it, the fiercest opposition to the gospel often comes from the government. There is one practical reason for this, and there's one philosophical reason. The practical reason is that humanistic governments. Often have no one on earth to check their abuse of power. The darkness hates the light, and when a group of Christ-hating people have the freedom to persecute Christians, they often will. It's not that those not in government l- love Christ. It's just that they often are afraid of the consequences of persecuting Christians. Let me give you an example. I was recently outside of Planned Parenthood pleading with people not to murder their children offering help and preaching the gospel. One man was visibly angry when I politely asked him to move his car into the proper parking lot. Now he threatened to physically attack me and many, including myself, thought he was about to do that. The tension was palpable to everyone present. Now I am convinced that if that man knew that he could get away with it, he would have at least punched me in the nose. The problem for him was that our government generally protects the freedom of speech. Generally. In a case where the government allows or even encourages persecution of Christians, this man would have undoubtedly acted out on his rage against Christ. So the practical reason that the greatest persecutions in history come from evil governments is that they have the power to do so. But there's another reason we see governments persecuting Christians throughout history. The reason is this Christians worship a risen king whose kingdom threatens man's earthly kingdom. You see, you see this very early on in Christ's time on earth. In fact, you see it right at his birth. Matthew chapter 2 tells us that Herod was troubled when he heard about the birth of another king, a king besides him namely Jesus. Herod's hatred at this alternative to his humanistic reign led him to murder every male child two years old and under. The mere announcement of a divine king and the failure of the wise men to serve Herod's humanistic ends in locating the king so that he could kill him led Herod to become furious and it unleashed a wave of violent persecution, in this case against children simply associated with Jesus because of their age. Here's the thing. The government officials in China are reacting quite appropriately from their anti-Christian perspective. You see that the greatest threat to the Chinese Communist Party is not America. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Barack Obama. It's not Fox News. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ alone can and will defeat communism and every other humanistic ideology. The devil knows this. The devil also knows communistic, humanistic governments oppress men and stymie the advance of the gospel. There is no question that behind every oppressive regime are satanic influences, sometimes subtle, sometimes overt. Now, some Christians will make the claim that Christianity doesn't touch the things of this earth, such as politics, government, law, economics. The track record of humanistic governments violently opposing Christians, however, paints a different picture. Why is it that humanistic governments, with great power and pomp and influence in the world, use their power to oppress and persecute Christians who are often a small, weak minority? The reason is that these governments understand the battle, sometimes, unfortunately, better than the Christians do. They understand the greatest threat to their humanistic machinations is the Lord Jesus Christ. They, just like Herod, understand the claims Jesus makes over them. Psalm 2, one of my favorite psalms, says this. Speaking of Christ, this is a messianic psalm. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. That's King Herod in the first century. It's the officials in China today. O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, which means show him honor, pay homage to the Son, to Christ. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. I bet Herod knew that psalm because he knew what Jesus' incarnation meant To his humanistic reign. Now, the sort of government oppression occurring in China against Christians is, of course, not new. Let's go back 500 years to the time of William Tyndale in England. William Tyndale, a man who died at the hands of a government opposed to Christ, even though they professed to be Christian. In 1519, a woman and six men were publicly burned at the stake. For guess what, teaching children the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments in English, for catechizing their children from the Word of God. The Chinese government today is in the same company as Bloody Mary and all who would rather suppress the truth than humble themselves before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This story from China also reminds us of the suffering that many of our brothers and sisters in Christ are enduring throughout the world. It is a sobering call for us to pray for them and to also evaluate our own view of Christianity. I want to share a clip now from my pastor's sermon from a couple weeks ago about suffering. Listen to Pastor Dave Aubrey from Cornerstone Church as he shares about suffering and the story of one pastor in China. It's
1: Pastor Pastor Wang Yi. He's been imprisoned in China for calling the government to repentance and boldly preaching the gospel. I listened again this past week to part of Pastor Wang's message before he was imprisoned. To my current knowledge, I was trying to do some research and make sure, so you might have more up-to-date knowledge, but last time I checked, I believe he still remains in secret imprisonment and is facing upwards of 15 years in prison. Dozens of his church members are also in prison. And when I watched him... This week, preaching this message, I watched him prepare his church to suffer, and I was overcome with emotion. This is a pastor who knows that he's about to be persecuted. He knew he was about to be imprisoned. He knew he could potentially be killed. He knew he could potentially not see any of his friends and family again. He's preaching on suffering, calling his congregation to suffer with him. He makes no apologies for the cross, the offensiveness of the gospel. He unashamedly preaches about sin, repentance, heaven, and hell. He boldly proclaims that Christ is the only way and that God freely forgives and saves all who confess Christ as Lord. But as he's preaching, and by the way, if you watch the message, he's loud and he's passionate and he's in the face of his congregation. He he wouldn't succeed in a modern church in America. He's preaching truth and I thought to myself how different that gospel is in the bulk of what is preached in our our rich, comfortable, self-centered, apathetic country. I thought to myself, what would this pastor preach if he came to Cornerstone today? It's amazing that the gospel being preached in many areas of the world today is literally calling congregations to suffer and preparing saints to suffer I mean, pastors in the world today are preaching their congregations, you should be willing and ready to lose your family, to lose your job, to lose your health, to lose your home, to lose your life, to be tortured, to be imprisoned, to be possibly killed. And yet, here in America, we work so hard not to offend people. Don't make the gospel too serious. We structure churches and ministries around such ridiculous stuff. Don't call it too much sin. Preach more grace. Don't call people to a wartime mentality. Don't make people feel guilty for spending five hours a day on their phone. Don't make people feel guilty for 30 hours a week in front of a television. Like what? Can you imagine Pastor Wang preaching to his congregation? You guys need more discipline with your cell phones. No, he said somebody might come in today and drag you out and beat you and you leave your family. Netflix wasn't a part of his message.
0: (laughs) That is indeed a reminder to us all to remember those who are suffering and to evaluate our own view of suffering in the Christian life. We do indeed serve a risen king and he will win the day, but he often calls us to advance his cause through suffering. We close today's episode with a devotional thought from the 11th chapter of Mark's Gospel, verses 13 and 14, where we read, And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Let me say, first of all, something by way of an apologetic to the argument that Jesus was unreasonable to expect fruit on the tree since it was not the season for figs. When a fig tree was producing leaves early in the year, there should have been fruit, immature, but fruit nonetheless, even though it would not have been ripe until later in the year. Thus, as this fig tree had leaves, it should have had the small first fruits. However, there were no fruit. And Jesus curses the tree, and it withers at once. This is the only miracle in the Gospels where Jesus curses rather than blesses. And it's a poignant reminder to us that Jesus demands more than a simple profession of faith. He demands more than just the leaves of a nominal Christian profession. He demands fruit. He said you will know them by their fruits. John the Baptist said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The passage is a warning to those who, in the words of William MacDonald, combine high talk with low walk. It is a warning to those who would speak the name of Christ, who would claim to be Christian, but would not walk in the way of holiness. On that great day, when you stand before the Lord, may you not be one, who has the leaves of profession, but not the fruit of holiness. If that is you, repent, believe the gospel, and serve Christ the risen King today and forever. Thank you for listening to the Reformed Hope Podcast. If you've been blessed by this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. For articles, sermons, and more resources on applying the Lordship of Christ to every area of your life, please visit www.reformedhope.com. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook. Until next time, go serve the risen King.